Welcome to All About Fostering, the monthly podcast from The Fostering Network. I'm David Egbert and this episode we're discussing foster carers' pay. All foster carers get an allowance to cover the costs of fostering, but currently there's no requirement for any fee payments to be made to foster carers in recognition of their time, skills and experience. As a result, a number of foster carers receive no payment at all and those who do get very little. So unsurprisingly, when foster carers were asked by the Fostering Network for our 2016 State of the Nation's Foster Care Report what they would change to improve the lives of children they cared for, a common theme was the need for proper financial support. This led the charity to follow up with a specific survey on pay, which gathered the opinions of almost 2,000 foster carers and which found that 98% of those foster carers believed that they should get paid. Here's the Fostering Network's Director of Communications and Public Affairs, Jackie Sanders, with more information on the latest survey. We kept hearing from senior figures that pay isn't an issue for foster carers. Actually, our view is that pay is an issue for foster carers, but they're not the sort of people who like to raise the issue of pay and they're not motivated by pay. We're also really concerned there's quite a few uh, inquiries going on across the UK at the moment into care and we're concerned that these inquiries aren't going to take the issue of pay seriously. So we decided to ask foster carers what they thought and we were overwhelmed by the response. The feedback from the survey provided us with the following findings. A quarter of foster carers who do receive a fee currently receive the equivalent of just £1.70 an hour or less based on a 40-hour week. 15% of foster carers still don't receive any fee at all. 9 out of 10 respondents said that foster carers should receive a retainer in between placements. Jackie Sanders again. The responses showed us that foster carers are still underpaid or unpaid. And really shockingly, only 12% get an amount that even is equivalent to the national living wage for a 40-hour week. In our view, this isn't sustainable. Foster carers also raised issues with us around not having sick pay, around not having holiday pay, and really crucially, not having retainers between the children they're looking after. When people become foster carers, quite often they're asked to cut down their hours or to stop working outside the home, and yet they have no financial stability or security. So it's apparent that many foster carers require a higher level of pay and would like more certainty about their income, whether or not they have a child living with them. The written comments we also received in the survey reflected this. Here's one such comment. From my own experience, I've seen dedicated foster carers leave the service of foster care as they have had to find employment elsewhere when they've had no placement. And sometimes then they stay in that employment and they don't return to foster care due to the uncertainties of their financial position regarding fostering. In some households, fostering may be the sole income. I am a single carer. If I didn't get paid, I would be unable to do it. I consider myself a professional and I've worked very hard to achieve my level of skills. Another respondent highlighted the additional professional obligations placed upon foster carers. Fostering is a 24-7 occupation, almost always involving looking after children with additional needs. Carers are required to maintain first aid training, undergo initial assessments, show evidence of increasing skills to progress and expected to regularly attend other training, maintain records, assist and advise other professionals, and often in reality, provide complex therapy to children. This deserves proper remuneration. The way in which foster carers are paid is also an issue which causes a lot of debate. 
many foster carers receive or are paid a lump sum. The term paid in this context, however, can be ambiguous and confusing, as this foster carer commented. The handbook outlines what needs to be spent on the young person, but it's not clear as to how much is specifically the fee. And as the young person gets older, so the allowance goes up, this is not reflected in the fortnightly amount going up. So effectively, my fee goes down. So despite fee payments being consistently ranked low on the list of motivating factors for foster carers, it is still a very real factor in whether or not they are able to continue in the role. If pay isn't improved, what are the implications for the recruitment of new foster carers and the retention of existing ones? I asked Jackie Sanders. We think pay is a really crucial issue in terms of retaining foster carers, in terms of making sure that we've got a happy, motivated workforce that's focusing on the needs of children. And crucially, it's really important for attracting more people to fostering. We know that we need around 7,000 more foster families a year, specifically to look after teenagers, children with disabilities, and groups of brothers and sisters. And we believe that offering a proper financial support package to people would attract a wider group of foster carers forward. There's still an old-fashioned perception that some people hold that because foster carers are looking after vulnerable children, they should be doing it just out of love and shouldn't be expecting pay. Our view is that absolutely foster carers are doing this for love. They do it because they care. But that doesn't mean they shouldn't be paid. No one can live on fresh air. They are the only group of professionals who are not paid. And for us, it's a matter of social justice that this is tackled, and it's tackled now. In light of these findings and the responses of the foster carers who were surveyed, what does the Fostering Network want to see implemented to improve foster carers' pay? We believe at the Fostering Network that foster carers should be paid for their time, skills and experience 52 weeks of the year, which will deal with the issue of retainers between children. This fee should be on top of the allowance, which must cover the costs, the complete costs, of looking after a fostered child. Where foster carers are paid in a lump sum, it's absolutely crucial that it's clear which part is the allowance for spending on the child and which part is a fee for their time, skills and experience. We want foster carers to be able to focus on looking after the children in their care. We don't want them to be worried about money, to be worried about the financial stability and security for their family. We're calling on the governments of the UK to invest in foster care to ensure that all local authorities and fostering services can pay foster carers for their skills, time and experience. We believe that at a minimum this should be the equivalent of a 40-hour week at national living wage and ideally and in the longer term a move towards paying foster carers in line with residential care workers. Thanks to Jackie Sanders for her interview and to all those who took part in our recent pay survey. For more information about payments and allowances or inquiries about becoming a foster carer yourself, please visit thefosteringnetwork.org.uk where you'll also find details of how to join the Fostering Network and the benefits and discounts we offer our members. You can download other episodes of All About Fostering from our website and subscribe for free using your podcast app. The music used in this episode of All About Fostering is called Heartwarming by Kevin McLeod from incompetech.com. Thanks for listening.